This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by the ever-present Dr. Richard Blackaby. <laughs> ever-present, except when I'm not. Good except to be with when you're you, not. Sam. Yes, indeed. Yeah, well, it's nice. You've got some uh, some traveling coming up here. Yeah. The fall season, uh, moving into oh. fall. You know, it, it doesn't feel like fall here in Georgia, but it will eventually. Yeah. Just in time for Christmas. But yeah. uh, but you've got some, some trips coming up, and uh, it's always... Uh, you know, I know you have a hard time on trips to keep up with your exercising and uh, eating healthy and all that. It makes it more difficult. Yeah, uh, I have trouble when I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've been, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you know that Richard has been challenging himself uh, for his running goals, and and that's been encouraging to see. That uh, you know, first it was just a 5K, then a 10K, and you've gone all the way up to a half marathon. Yeah. Don't know if we'll see the full marathon. Uh, yeah, that's um, doubtful. Out of you, yet. but uh, well, we had a on that note. We had a a note from a listener, John, and he says that uh, I'm training for my first 5K obstacle course next weekend, then a half marathon next year. The encouragement through your podcast, your personal example of running, helped motivate me. I hope you're still enjoying it, whether you are or not. Have a blessed day. And uh, first of all, thank you, John, for yeah. for that yeah. note. And, uh, Very encouraging. Absolutely. And it's uh, it's just nice to get those notes from listeners. And I know it means a lot to you because out there in the trenches, uh, running day in and day out, it, uh, it can be uh, it can be a challenge for sure. Yeah. And you know, I just say, and I, I have people now and then that'll see me and they'll mention a, a podcast they listen to or they, something that they learn. But but uh, feel free. We, we love just just drop us a quick email to the podcast website or to me, and uh, and we we'll be glad to kind of just read a, a quote from you. And it certainly encourages others. Uh, but when we do this each uh, each week, it's just nice to know that it's uh, speaking to people and, and encouraging them to make some healthy choices. Yeah, and I like that John. Uh, he's he's tackling a five k first, and then next year he's got his his sights set on uh, on a half marathon and uh to to do that it takes it takes a bit of strategy yeah uh, you yeah. can't just wake up and and do a half marathon at least most people can't um and so it takes some long-term thinking and uh sort of in that vein um today you've got some some tips for us when it comes to some of that long-term thinking that strategy versus uh, just the day-to-day tactics. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of a little bit more of a, of a perhaps a technical leadership uh, issue, but I think it's one that's worth wading into a little bit here. Um, and, you know, I, I think I mentioned before, but uh, a couple of years ago now, uh, about probably maybe 2018, somewhere in there, uh, Chick-fil-A, uh, well-known, respected organization, was looking at its business and uh, where trends were going and possible areas where they would need to be better than where than they were. And one of the things they decided to do was that they really wanted to to invest pretty heavily in their drive-through. Uh, mm-hmm. Now they they were you know not bad at it, uh, better than most as it was, but uh, they really felt like uh, in the future that that was going to be important. And of course you know a lot of stores and and fast food outlets. Uh, are are focusing a lot on their inside of their store, but uh, these guys were coming up with new uh, ways to make uh, the the drive-through experience a lot quicker and more efficient. And so, for about two years, 
uh, they, I mean, they literally tore down some buildings so because they weren't conducive to, to efficient drive-throughs, and they rebuilt them so that they were. And uh, it seems, I mean, that's a massive yeah, <laughs> yeah, to, to tear down a, a perfectly operational yeah, building. Yeah, because there was, you know, was one not too far here from where we live, yeah. probably the closest Chick Fil A. Uh, to where we live was was one of the ones torn down yeah. and they rebuilt there have been the a couple thing. in this area that they've done that too and so uh and 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 then of course all of a sudden uh covid hits and all kinds of stores that um aren't haven't thought ahead haven't prepared now they're scrambling now yeah. all of a sudden they got to figure out how to do curbside pickup and how to do deliveries when they weren't before and how to get doordash to help them out or whatever and chick-fil-a is perfectly primed uh, and ready to go and the in the months immediately pre- after uh covid hit they actually had record sales because, of course, people are quarantining. They can't just go inside the store. But lo and behold, uh, Chick-fil-A is is very the most efficient at drive-throughs, and they have record sales. Hmm. Uh, and so it looks like a stroke of, of brilliance. And what what they did is what really would be called a strategy. Um, strategy is long-term thinking. It's looking ahead and anticipating. First of all, where 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 are we going? Let's just determine the, the location right now, and then once we know where we're going, uh, now we can back up and say, okay, then what do we need to do to get there? Um, what what do we need to put in place so that we reach our goal? Um, tactics are more the day to day things. Uh, it it's about okay, so uh, we want to do this now. How how are we going? What do the details look like? And uh, the day-to-day kind of operations. It's kind of like a general thinking, okay, well, we're going to invade that country. So let's first think about um, what that's going to look like, what, what, what it will involve, uh, what kind of equipment do we need, what kind of surveillance you know, and, and planning and supply chains and, and all of that. Uh, and let's let's prepare and plan and, and, and let's set a calendar of when we will achieve this goal, when we will get to this point. And then when it comes to day to day, OK, now do we launch a drone strike today? Do we advance the infantry here? Uh, how do we respond to their counterattack? Um, and so uh, the problem for a lot of organizations is that they they focus way too much on the tactics and tactics oftentimes. Um, you, you have to have them. They're the, the day-to-day hourly kind of response, but, but oftentimes tactics are responding to what someone else is doing. It's responding to a crisis. It's responding to an enemy, a competitor, uh, an opponent. And you, you don't want to be, if, if you are spending all of your time simply reacting to what someone else is doing, then you're going to have your own goals hijacked. And mm-hmm. of course that happens oftentimes with churches as well. You know, the typical church, if you if you pull the typical pastor aside and say, where is this church going? What is its goal? Uh, what is it you like to, where would you like to see this church in five years from now? Um, there's a, I would say the majority of pastors probably could not answer that. They would yeah. just say, well, we just want to make disciples. We want to just carry out the Great Commission. Yeah, but 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 more specifically, you know, you can't measure that uh, very well. Uh, what do you what do you want this church to be like? Uh, wh- what should it be doing then? Um, and and if you don't have a, a strategy to say, 
Okay, here's here are the steps that we're going to take here uh, to get there, and and perhaps you also think about um, challenges. Well, what if you know we got a factory that uh, looks like it it might shut down in the next couple of years, and we have a lot of people employed there. Let's let's anticipate that crisis now, and let's put some things in place so we're ready. Uh, to respond to that, maybe to walk alongside some of our members that are going to get laid off eventually or or whatever it might involve. It, it, let's, in, let's put some things aside in case all of a sudden a bunch of our people are unemployed and they can't give like they used to. And so, uh, and so what happens a lot of times is that uh, organizations that are basically going day to day are pretty well living in constant crisis mode. It's always, uh-oh, this happened, now what do we do? Instead of saying, okay, how, how do we need to be prepared so if crises like that occur, we have everything in place, our people are trained, they know what to do, and uh, we don't lose any momentum. There's a, a great book, a uh, little book by Mark Miller, uh, an executive uh, and a leadership uh, expert that uh, actually with the Chick-fil-A organization called Chess not checkers, uh, elevate your leadership game. And, and basically, that's a lot of what he's talking about. He's saying that if you've ever played checkers, a lot of that is simply responding to what the other guy does. He, he puts a piece in front of yours, you either jump him or he's going to jump you, and you, you've got to decide right then, what do we do? Uh, if you've ever played uh, chess, there, there's, it's much more involved. And you can literally be thinking out 10, 12 moves ahead of where you want to get to, and then you begin putting uh, pieces in play. I, I remember about the last chess turn. I used to play a lot of chess. I haven't played much lately, but I remember years ago I was in a, uh, I actually was in a tournament uh, at a youth uh, retreat, and uh, and uh, there was a guy that uh, was a pretty good player, and I was at my at my best. I don't think I could play like this now, but but I literally thought through and thought through and thought through. And realized that in, I don't know, about six moves or so, I could put him in checkmate. And so I figured it out, and I, I thought it through again and again. I looked at forever. Okay, uh, am I sure about this? Yeah, well, if he doesn't change the position of his king, if he doesn't protect himself any better than that, then it's, he's, he's toast. And, uh, and so then I just began moving uh, step by step. And so what I did, though, is I kind of left some of my pieces unprotected because I didn't need those pieces anymore. I was about to about to win the game but he was playing more with tactics and so he he saw that I left a pawn open and so he took it and I didn't even bother to fight back I just put the next thing in place and so he's delighted because now he can go and take that knight of mine and he's just he's just gobbling up uh, pieces of mine and he thinks he's killing me but I'm just systematically putting things in place and and finally right when he's getting pretty confident he's just taken three or four of my pieces and he's got friends watching the game and cheering him on. I slide my queen down uh, in the final move, and he's in checkmate. And I'll never forget the look on his face. Uh, <laughs> total shock, because he thought he had all the momentum because he's you know eating up my pawns. And but I was he was playing with tactics. I was playing with strategy, mm. and I had thought ahead enough to to see where I was going. And then I didn't get distracted by, you know, it, it, it always feels fun to take someone's pawn or, <laughs> but that's not how you win the game. Yeah. Uh, that's, those are tactics. Sometimes it helps you to win the game sometimes, but, the, but, uh, you can get lost in the day to day and miss the strategy. And, and so for a lot of leaders, I think, especially in the days to come, because 
of course, we don't know, like, what's the next pandemic that may strike? What, what are some of the issues that we're facing? And, uh, and, and it, you, you can just tell some leaders all they're doing is coming in today and figuring out what fires do I need to put out today. And, uh, and that's just not how to lead. You, you've got to get out beyond that. And sometimes people have talked that about, you know, you, you, you can be hijacked by the urgent. And, uh, and so you neglect the important. The, yeah. uh, and there, there's always a crisis. There's always someone coming in saying, well, what are we going to do about this? Or I just heard this. Or so-and-so just called in sick. And, uh, you know, this customer is unhappy. And, um, and so you're scrambling, just trying to put out fires. But you're not putting things in place so that six moves down the line, you can have, you can win the game and you can get your organization in the right condition. Um, and so there's, you know, there's lots of, lots of uh, aspects to strategy. I mean, you, you have to begin by just knowing where you want to get to. Yeah. And that, that's, that sounds simple enough. That's a big, that's a big part of it. Yeah. And so for instance, uh, you know, there's a lot of organizations, uh, ours included, that, has got to think about things like succession planning. You know, that's, that's, that's a strategy to say, how can we uh, very intentionally move forward into the future so that everything is in place? And, you know, what, what happens for a lot of organizations is that one day uh, the, the CEO, the founder, the, the boss uh, retires or has to step down, and now the organization's flailing because they they knew that it, it was coming. They knew that one you know the person wouldn't live forever. Yeah. But when that time comes, nothing's in place. There's no pipeline of leaders. There's nobody. There's no successor that's been prepared, and uh, all of a sudden there's a crisis. Um, and you know it's same for a lot of churches. Uh, uh, they, they can tell that their congregation is aging out. Uh, they're not, they're not, they're, every year the average age of the congregation is getting older. Uh, and they know that they, that trend can't continue. You, you've got to develop a strategy to say, how do we reach younger families? Uh, how do we develop ministries and programs that attract uh, a younger congregation so that we can have a future um, but you, you, you show me an, a church that aged out and finally had to shut down and I'll show you a church that just never developed any kind of strategy. And of course, if you're a church, you're going to do that with God's help. I think it's kind of like, uh, certainly in politics, it's, uh, the whole social security issue. You know, we all know that, uh, the, the money will run out. They, they can see the, the date when, uh, the funding might, uh, you know, run out and yet, uh, and so perfect opportunity to develop a strategy. Right. But, but they, politicians won't because that, that involves sacrifice involves, uh, changing what's done. It changes, maybe reprioritizing how they spend money. Um, and or may or adjusting what people expect, and so they're wa- they're waiting for the checkers. They're playing a checkers game. It's yeah, like it, yeah. it, one day they'll be staring face to face with an opponent's uh, piece, and then they're going to have to do something. But they they keep kicking the can down the the road, uh, hoping to address it later. And, uh, and well, that's what I love about that uh, chess uh, illustration that you shared earlier. Is that's such a perfect picture. Uh, of the difference of having a strategy and and focusing on the, you know, knowing what's important to you and and going after that versus just getting distracted by the little wins and and the things that feel good and maybe it's a morale boost like hey we've got more of their pieces and we're making these gains but 
it's in no way correlating to the actual goal of the company. Yeah, yeah. Christ loves the church with an infinite, eternal love that is beyond our comprehension. Unfortunately, the church often doesn't function in a way that Christ intended. Many Christians fail to understand that God's ways are not their ways. And when we attempt to do God's work the world's way, the results are dissatisfying and even damaging. When a church seeks a new pastor, they stand at a crossroads. How that decision is handled will determine the church's future. Your Next Pastor is a guide that was written to help you seek your next pastor in ways that both protect the health of the church and give great hope and blessings for the future. Pick up your copy today at blackabystore.org. Links will be in the show notes. You know, I've, I've mentioned it before, but uh, uh, I think David, uh, when he fights his son Absalom in that, uh, that revolt, you, you, you sort of see the difference. Absalom is just kind of more playing checkers. It's like, okay, now what do I do now? What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And David, once he, I mean, he, he has to be awakened, his leadership skills have got to be sort of brushed off and, and he's got to wait, awaken from his slumber. But, but once he does, he starts thinking ahead and, uh, and, you know, everybody is telling David, flee from the city quickly or you're, you're dead. Absalom has the people, people are on his side. The army seems to be largely, uh, giving their loyalty to him. But even as David is fleeing, he's already beginning to think ahead. And so when the priests are ready to march out with the, the, the ark to be with David, he sends them back. And, he's, and he tells Sadak and Abiathar, the two priests, uh, I want you to stay in the city and I want you to gather information for me. And then you each have a son, have your sons uh, come out and, and relay the intelligence to me. And uh, Hushai, his, his friend, his wise counselor, is ready to come with him. And David says, no, you stay there and try to, try to advise Absalom and give him bad advice. And, uh, and so uh, thwart uh, the wise counsel that he's going to get from Ahithophel, his other counselor. And, and, uh, and so there's just a number of places where uh, David will, you know, he's thinking ahead already. And mm-hmm. instead of just... Oh no, they're going to kill me. And that's everybody run for our lives. Uh, he's already thinking ahead and saying, no, I know that he's going to be seeking counsel. So let me leave one of my best counselors there to, to thwart his advice. And I, it'd be great to be able to say, I've got the Ark of the covenant here and the priests on my side, but thinking long-term it's, they'll just slow me down, but, but they will be more effective providing intelligence. And so Whereas uh, where Absalom is just like, what do we attack today? Do we attack tomorrow? When are we gonna? What are we gonna do? There's there's no real plan. There's no real strategy. Right. Um, and uh, and so you just see someone that's completely outmaneuvered. Uh, David, of course, has spent years fighting battles and waging war. He knows what it takes. He knows the preparation that needs to be involved. He knows what you you have to kind of make sure that all the the building blocks have been assembled properly. And so uh, he develops very quickly a strategy uh, in which he can have an advantage. David knows that his army is much smaller than Absalom's, and so it would be foolish to be maneuvered into fighting on an open field. So he, uh, he maneuvers uh, and strategizes and gets his opponent to fight on his terms and gets Absalom to go into a forest in the woods 
and David has better trained. His guys are the mighty men, uh, the, the, the best of, of the commanders. He's got experienced leaders. Uh, and he divides up uh, and, and maximizes the terrain in which they're fighting so that uh, large numbers just get lost in the forest. But his smaller numbers are m- much more compact and better led. And, of course, he, he ends up getting Absalom to fight him right where he wants to fight him. Mm-hmm. And instead of Absalom taking the initiative and, um, and sort of arranging where the battle's fought, uh, he's completely out-strategized. And so I would just say uh, to to our listeners, uh, it, whatever it is you lead. Now it might be that you're leading a family, you're, you're, and I would stop and say, so where do you want your kids? Like where do where do you envision your family being five years from now? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you envision all of your kids going to university, well, then what do you need to be putting in place now? So five, ten years from now, they're all going to university, and uh, if you want them all to. Uh, be strong, mature Christians, and what should you be putting in place now? Uh, don't don't panic one day when your kid comes home and says he doesn't want to go to church anymore because he doesn't believe in God. Uh, don't then start scrambling to try to yeah. re- repair the damage. Uh, have a strategy now, a step by step, to invest in your kids, to put the right kinds of mentors and godly influences around them, to make sure you've got them active in a church that uh, they can thrive in um, and uh, and spending adequate time with them during their impressionable years what th- there's a whole strategy you can develop to say now if I put uh, nothing is certain but strat- having a strategy makes it much more likely that you're going to yeah. end up in the right destination and whether you're leading a, a company you th- you know th- if you watch business history there's always, um, I mean, rarely is there just one company that makes a product. There's always competitors, other people in the field. But over time, there's always a few that kind of rise to the top. Yeah. Uh, some that end up dominating the whole field. You think of like a Walmart or something. Uh, they were not, they didn't start out the biggest, um, but they completely crushed so many smaller competitors. Uh, but they knew where they were going and they developed systems uh, yeah. to, to improve. And so... Um, you can just tell the difference between leaders that have developed a plan, have a strategy, and then out of your strategy comes your tactics. It's like, okay, well, we know what, what hill we want to capture. We, right. we, we know what river we want to uh, cross. And, uh, and so now that we know that, let's chart out the, the logistics of that and let's make sure it happens. Yeah, better to establish the destination first and then and then let that dictate what you're talking Yeah, and of course, as a Christian, you want God to help you with that. You want God to, you know, I, I, sometimes it, it can sound kind of unspiritual to talk about developing a strategy. It's like, well, I just, I just do what God tells me to do. But, but uh, you can take time alone with God and says and, and let God guide you to know. Uh, he he can tell you where the pro, you know which promised land to go into. Mm-hmm. Now, you, day by day, he may be giving you some more specific details, but uh, but but I think it's great uh, for leaders when you can to uh, to to pull aside with your staff or as a leader, sometimes perhaps even by yourself and just your Bible and notepad, and just take time just to let God give you a fresh vision of where you're going and then begin thinking, okay, well, Lord, if that's where we're going, uh, we don't have the organization right now to get there. Uh, we don't have the personnel. We don't have the budget. 
Um, so I, I'm beginning to sense, Lord, there's you're, you're beginning to show me some things we're going to have to address mm-hmm. and uh, some hires we're going to need to make and uh, some investment we're going to need to make in some technology or some uh, hardware, or some uh, some uh, buildings we're going to need to build uh, if we're ever going to get to that place. And, uh, and I, I just know that there's always that pull to just run around putting out fires here and there. And you can feel really busy. You can feel like you really put in a hard day's work. But at the end of the day, uh, you just you, the house didn't burn down today. But that doesn't mean that you advanced anywhere. Right. It just meant you you kept the fires at bay today. But you you've got to get ahead of the game. And if you haven't been doing that for a while, it's gonna. It, you can't just do that overnight. You can't just say, okay, I'm gonna take the next hour and develop an extensive, well thought out strategy for yeah. the next ten years. Uh, and of course, uh, strategies have to be adapted. They're not just written in stone. You make the best plans you can with the knowledge that you have, and then th- you have to adjust as you go. But uh, at least you have a plan to work with and uh, something to reference. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and then when it comes time and you say, well, we've got limited resources and budget personnel, uh, if you've got to decide, do we invest here next or there next? Well, you look at your strat, you look at your plan, your strategy, and say, well, in light of where we're going, this it makes more sense to hire this person first, and uh, or to buy this uh, equipment first, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, just an encouragement, um, and certainly we we know this when it comes to leading large companies and so on, but uh, but I think also we can pull that down to leading families, leading churches, leading uh, nonprofits. Um, far, far too many organizations, especially with COVID and some of the stuff that's been going on in the last couple of years, uh, it's been hard not to just get back to the day-to-day. And you've got to, I think now, perhaps hopefully, as COVID's kind of getting in the rearview mirror more and more, Mm -hmm. uh, it's time to say, you know what, we really have got to start thinking out longer term than this. And uh, we're not, we don't have crystal balls. We, we can't tell just what's going to happen in the future, but we do have a sense of where this organization needs to go, uh, the next step we need to take. And, uh, and so let's, let's start to flesh some of that out. Let's start to uh, picture that. And, uh, and then let's take some time just uh, to put all the other noises and urgent issues aside for the next while and begin to lay out a plan so that we can be intentional. And just in the long run, the, it's the intentional leader mm-hmm. uh, that ends up accomplishing the most. Yeah, well, this has been a great reminder uh, for all of us to, to, to think more about the strategy and, and, and less on the tactics. And so I appreciate you taking us through this, Richard, and until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.